Welcome back to the Blogboy Roundtable. Again, not the full complement of Blogboys this week, but we do have Anthony Vito, Nathan Vaughn, and myself from the Bay Area Examiner, and Nick Simon from DraftKings Network. Uh, our absences are brought to you by the letter C. Colin has COVID, and Steve is at the Bucks Creamsicle event. So that's where they are. Um, we have, uh, I think we have a fun show tonight. We've got, we're going to talk some AP poll. Just came out earlier today, top 25. Uh, Georgia's number one. Michigan, two. Ohio State, three. Alabama, four. And LSU, five. That's your top five. Uh, interesting top 10, especially when you think of as in terms of the beginning of the last season, just kind of where teams have moved around a little bit. And then we'll talk a little bit of pack four, pack two. We'll talk about what are they going to do. Um, pack. Pack. Yeah, we might get a little bit of the pack. And then um, <laughs> we have a little fun little game to end. Uh, we're basically going to pick who we want to see lose this year. What would be funny? What would be best for college football? We've got we've each got eight losses to distribute around, and uh, we'll decide what, what we want to see lose. So that'll be fun. Uh, let's start with the AP Top 25. Like I mentioned, the top five, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama. Georgia had 60 of the 63 first-base votes, it looks like. Michigan had two, Ohio State had one. Uh, LSU's five, followed by USC, Penn State, Florida State, Clemson, and Washington. Um, anybody surprise you in the top 10? Was is Washington a surprise, or is it because they returned so many guys? You feel pretty good about at least that offense, right? Well, it wasn't a surprise to see Washington um that high, you know, you because you like we were saying how it's a shame that the Pac 12 stuff is like how the Pac 12 is imploding this year because it's going to be an interesting season across the conference and one of those interesting things is Michael Penix returning at quarterback and him potentially putting together a Heisman run up there. So them getting the respect of being a top 10 team. And also they won 11 games last year. It's like kind of the quietest 11 win season in recent, recent memory. Like they went to the, I forgot who they beat in the Alamo bowl, but yeah, good to see Washington in that mix. Other than that, like, it's pretty straightforward. You know, it's the usual suspects kind of at the top of the AP poll. You know, obviously, Georgia, the two-time defending national champion, being the top dog heading into the season. And I was – I think McMurphy brought it up how it's kind of a – like, being the preseason number one is kind of a curse. Like, like how in the last, like, two decades, the only teams that have started – preseason number one and actually won the national championship is 2004 USC in 2017 Alabama. Everyone else like has at least stumbled a couple of times or fallen short. So that'll be interesting to see how the dogs um, handle that going into the season and throughout the season. Yeah. And, and not just Washington, you kind of look throughout here, you got six USC, 10 Washington, 14 Utah, 15 Oregon, 18 Oregon State. I mean, you've got a lot of you got a lot of Pac-12 teams on here still. And then I think UCLA is like 27 or 28. Yeah, they're they're receiving votes. So I mean, you've got that's the like I think that's something the common refrain is like the biggest shame with the Pac-12 stuff is that they're gonna have a really interesting season. So that's kind of it's gonna be marred a little bit by all the 
you know, by the death of that conference, but maybe we'll talk about that in a second. Vito, anything stick out to you on here? Um, I thought Utah. Uh, so the, yeah, like kind of going through it. I, I I do like some of these top 10 teams. I'm actually a little surprised Florida State is at eight. I kind of expected, especially since you have LSU, FSU off the bat, have the ability to put them both like top five or five, six or something like that. But to have them behind Penn State and USC, I was a little surprised by that. And I'm also a little surprised that Clemson is right behind them. I know they expect to have, uh, you know, Cole Kubelik or Kubelik. How do you say his last name? Kubelik. Kublik to uh, yeah. take a, a giant step forward, and um, they expect to have the uh, the talent on and the receivers in the backfield again to kind of compete. But having them as high as they are, uh, you could that's kind of proof of concept that Dabo kind of built something there where everyone's going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But uh, yeah, the first thing I saw that I expected Florida State to be at least neck and neck with LSU, but you know, eight is a little low to me um, from, from, you know, considering they literally bring everybody back. They have Jordan Travis, who's could be a Heisman contender. The defense got better and you have a possible top five pick and Jared verse. Like that seemed like a team that's ready to go uh, game one. And Hey, we'll find out game one. That's kind of got to be a heck of a game that opening weekend, but that was probably a big one. Tulane being the only group of five team. Um, as well, number 24. Um, and I'm starting to think that as these conferences start solidifying, you're going to see less and less of that. Um, but kudos to Tulane for uh, cracking that top 25. That's always a good thing to start the year at. And uh, UTSA is right outside there. I think they're 29 in terms of votes. So they're, they're uh, the American is obviously the, it's the power six or maybe the power five. Nathan, Anything stick out to you here? Anybody overrated, underrated in your eyes? I mean, kind of echoing Vito, I, I really kind of thought Florida – I didn't think top five, but definitely a little bit closer. I mean, you know, we're nitpicking here, but, you know, there's close to 100 points difference between sixth-place uh, USC and eighth-place uh, Florida State. I just really like what Florida State has coming back. Like they, they're basically re- replacing Trayshawn Ward with like a better running back, and he was a very talented running back in his own mm-hmm. right. Uh, plus, you're returning Jordan Travis, who I absolutely loved last season. And uh, you know, if you guys all watched uh, Block Boy Roundtable clearly last year. I was very high on Florida State going into the year because they had a they had a really good quarterback and. Give me the give me a quarterback. Uh, like I don't trust Penn State. I think that's going to be. I just don't trust it. You know LSU. I don't. Know, I don't. I, Jay, Jay Daniels is still the quarterback, right? Like I, I haven't lost my mind. Like it, we're still. This is still the guy who, like, if there's a modicum of pressure, he kind of crumbles. So I. Oh, he was he was well, very good last year, though. I, I were I worry about him sustaining, and then. Uh, this is Clemson in the top 10 is the Clemson bump. They're kind of, they're on the downward slope. I think they're still probably a 10, 11 win team going forward, uh, but they need to jump to the SEC quicker than probably most. Like I think four states sustainable Clemson needs to get to the SEC before this, the, the, the glass house shatters. Cause I think we're teetering on it. If they don't find a quarterback, I'm not entirely sure Cole's, Cole's the guy and they're not really producing the wide receivers like they had been over the last few years. And that's been kind of their calling card. I know, you know, former USF head coach, Jeff Scott was, you know, a big part of that. They've got to figure out the skill positions because they're not, the, the offense only works when skill positions can kind of 
create separation. And we haven't seen that over the last couple of years. It could have been DJ's fault, but he's now at Oregon state. So we're really going to find out if it was the quarterback or, you know, the talent around him. Point of order. We're getting, uh, we're getting Cole Kublik, uh, ESPN announcer confused with oh. Kate Klubnick. <laughs> Kate. Oh no. <laughs> Kate Klubnick is the, is the, is the Clemson that's, quarter. That's, that's not the don't. first time. That's not the first time I've done that too. So <laughs> just, just so people know we, we Cole, got it. We're, we're here. Um, Klubnick, right? I think Kate Klubnick. Yeah. Cole Kublick, <laughs> Kate Club. Oh my gosh. That's what I was like. That's okay. Dope. I was like, is Vito got some O line? Vito's got like an O line take coming up here. Cause I thought he was asking about Kublick. I was like, okay. And then Jeez, uh, Louise. Yeah. So I was just, I, 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 that's how much I don't trust him. <laughs> He's got to earn, I'll learn, your He's name. earn his I, real name. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, so, I'll learn your name when you matter. It took me too long to figure out DJ Uyunglele, and then he left. So I'm like, all right, I'm done with Clemson quarterback. I'm done. You're waiting for the, yeah, you're, you're going to wait a little bit longer. Um, I need like a Tommy Smith, like ASAP. <laughs> Is Florida State's defense any good? I think we'll Is find that out. Your question. Long. No, that's a real question. The Florida, a not a great Florida team, went up and down the field on them last year. That and Oklahoma, so that's, not a great well, Oklahoma team, did the same. It pushed them in the board. That's what I'm worried about with them. Uh, I I saw a note today, Jaheim Bell, who's like a stud from transfer from South Carolina. I think their offense is going to be awesome. Um, he told the defensive yeah. coordinator. He told the defensive coordinator that they needed to work on tackling after nobody on the team could tackle them in a scrimmage. And the defensive coordinator said, thank you for the note. We saw him live. He's not the uh, most charismatic dude, right? Nate, you saw Remember, we saw oh, him last man. year at the, the coach's clinic. Norvell yeah. couldn't make it. He sent the D.C. It it was, was, uh, the, he was gave us a presentation on people running. So that was helpful. All right. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Florida State, though, if you do feel they're kind of under-seeded, they play LSU and Clemson, what, the first four weeks of the season? Yeah, we'll know. We'll know what they you'll are. You'll know, Earl. They'll, they'll be. They'll be. You'll know. Yeah, by the end of September, they might be yeah. at the top if they win. We had the, the the week one weird crap, but then after that, you kind of you'll know what they are. If they're four and after, after Clemson, Clemson, they'll probably be ranked one or two. So uh, they've got yeah, and, and, it all in front I, of them I, there. I, and I honestly kind of kind of thought it was just more of a you could set up that matchup and then kind of reset. Yeah. Uh, reset afterwards. Um, so uh, I don't. I mean, I, I think that's probably about right. Um, just USD and Penn State have a lot more question marks. I think than Florida State right now. So you could have set up Florida State LSU right there, and then whoever wins that game, you kind of reset. And if it's a banger like it was last year, then um, I don't think anybody expected that game when it happened. That ending expected both of them to end strong. In the I think everyone was right. like, oh, this is two six and six teams. Yeah, it's it's, it's a mid off whatever. Fight. I think yeah. that was it. yeah. And, it yeah out right, to be. and it's LSU. It turned, LSU was successful last year in spite of the continued special teams problems. So like, if they can kind of right the ship there, I mean, they're that coach has moved great. into the personnel department. So <laughs> I, think, I think they might have noticed some issues there. So yeah, all right. Well, top twenty five. Not too many surprises really at all. Um, and. These really, these does this really matter before October? And the, I mean, I think the last thing, uh, you know, outside of the, you know, the top 10, the important stuff is, you know, TCU does fall 15 spots from where they basically ended last season. They're at 17th. Um, and this is going, I don't want to say it's uh, going to be kind of judgment on Sonny Dykes and what he can do, 
but they lost a whole bunch of talent. They lost a bunch of talent to the NFL. They lost their quarterback, you know, the top wide receiver. A lot of the defense is gone. Um, his whole philosophy was go, go into the portal, get some dudes and figure it out. And was last year him coaching up, you know, Gary Patterson's old guys, or was that him pulling the right strength? It's kind of, you know, for the, the Tampa folks, it's the John Gruden, Tony Dungy scenario where we're going to year two, like, okay, who, who was it really? Um, that that's going to be very interesting going into this season. I, I, I love the Horned Frogs. I think they're, they're a fun team, uh, but we're, we're, there's going to be some eyes on what happens uh, in Fort Worth this, this year, for sure. And before we um, before we uh, move on, move on, one thing I also noticed is the media actually showing some restraint with Texas, putting them at eleven. So, yeah, like Texas, the way this is setting up, Texas should and is rightfully the favorite in the Big Twelve heading into this year. But this is normally where you would hear the "Oh, Texas is top five. Texas is back, national champion." And it's like, no, they're they're gonna. And it's like, no, they're gonna be good. It's just like let's pump the brakes and like wait until the Alabama game, to like really like pass judgment on them. So credit to the media for like kind of rightfully placing them in the preseason rankings. <laughs> Fellas, I have a quick take on that. I have, I have a quick take on that one. Um, if Texas doesn't win the Big 12 this year, I'm going to put my stamp on it. They're never going to win the Big 12. <laughs> I guess this, this is a good call here. You know? bold, bold take. Yeah. I, they will never win another conference championship. How about that? That's the bold take. If they don't win it this year, they're never winning another conference oh. title. So Nathan Bond says no SEC championships for Texas. Interesting. <laughs> More so programs that's that Tulane – more programs that Tulane can say they have more SEC championships then. <laughs> That's all I'm looking forward to. Speaking of Texas, they moved to the SEC realignment. Their old conference seems to be doing all right, the Big 12, uh, because they've basically killed the Pac-12, or what's now is the Pac-4. Um, what do we think is going to happen there? So there's... Um, you know, there's been a couple stories out. I think Sports Illustrated did one about kind of the uh, the athletic did one about, you know, the total bungling of the media deal on the PAC 12 side. Um, they thought they'd get $50 million a team after USC and UCLA said we were leaving. So, uh, not the best, not the best negotiating. Um, but you've got four left. You got Stanford, Cal, Washington state, Oregon state. It seemed early. Like there's going to be a mountain West, uh, merger possibly. Um, now there's there was the flirtation with the ACC and Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, North Carolina State said no dice. Apparently, uh, that's all they needed to squash that. Um, and now there's some flirtation with the American and the and the Pack Four, um, trying to keep that auto bid, trying to stay a Power Five. Uh, and just basically merging with the American. What do you guys think is going to happen here? It seemed like the Mountain West stuff was the easiest layup, but there is some, I guess there's some stuff with the Pac-12 and some lawsuits and other things out there uh, where they owe some money. So you'd like to, I think, keep the Pac-12 name somehow or keep some of that somehow just for the autonomy, but 
Nathan, what are you thinking? Where do you think this is heading? Yeah, so what they uh, each each school owes CAG, uh, Comcast what fifty million or just the entire conference? I think that's I think that one's the entire conference. I think there's also I believe there's also a lawsuit from the Holiday Bowl. I believe for a couple of years ago when UCLA like pulled out like the day of the game. I right. There's a lawsuit there as well. There's so there's a few different money things out there that make it a little that I it says some people are kind of second guessing, but so Mike Oresco, the AAC commissioner, um, he's a dreamer, would um would probably be putting it kindly with the P six mantra, but he's not an idiot. And getting into bed with these four and trying to maintain or convert some semblance of the pack name without these lawsuits being settled, I don't see that happening anytime soon. And <laughs> frankly, like, I feel terrible for Stanford. Uh, like, of all the schools, they just got absolutely screwed with everything that went on. Uh, I don't there's really no other peer like i guess the aac that's if stanford joined they'd have what four or five aau schools and stanford really cares about academics and that'd be great but man, those four teams just kind of they're going to be drifting into the night until they figured out this lawsuits because no other conference i think that's probably why outside of logistics why the acc was so quick to shut that down like you know figure out your house and we'll we'll see if we want to come rescue you or, or to that effect. Um, honestly, I just let it all happen. And then I'll, I, I don't really have a strong opinion one way or the other after, after what's happened over the last couple of weeks, I don't feel like flying to Pullman. That's, that's my big takeaway is I do not want to fly from Tampa international to Pullman, Washington. Like I, that does not sound fun at all. Now you can get me to go to Berkeley, Stanford, Palo Alto for sure. I'll go to Pullman. I'm not going to Pullman. I'll make, I'll make the ride. such a far flight, like hard pass for a football game. It'd be fun. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. Correct. Like, like it's a flight, not even a bunch like, of bus rides, I think. Right? Yeah. That sounds like a good time there. Where Pullman is but, the state of Washington, it's like literally right down the street from like from Idaho, yeah. right? Yeah, like absolutely not. It's disgusting. I don't want to go to Idaho. Are you kidding me? Um, like the Uber from like if flying into Baltimore to like go to the Navy game and like stay in DC, like even that's a little like, guys, let's relax. Like, what are we doing here? Like, that's how much I don't like to travel. Like after an air uh, a flight, so give me a break. Do I have to like fly into like Coeur Lane, Idaho, and then drive to Pullman? Is that probably the quickest way? To, like, do I have to? If I have to end up in Idaho anywhere to get to Pullman in Washington, I'm out. Nathan, oh. not a fan of the Palouse. Nope. I won't. No. <laughs> <laughs> the Cougs. What do you What, what are you thinking? Are you Are you thinking this merger seems like? I, I mean, that if you read uh, unhinged realignment Twitter. And the people that don't use their real name, except for a guy that's a media expert that I don't know if he's really a media expert. Um, this seems like a real possibility that the four, and this is the only way that the four pack four schools stay together would be a merger with the American. Um, what do you think? Is that, do you think that's likely? And also is that something you would enjoy? 
Well, let's go with uh, our buddy OS underscore Beaver, who's got all the takes, the flaming hot takes of a 20 team uh, league that poaches somehow Virginia Tech and uh, NC State. Um, <laughs> so that when the ACC dies, I, they're going to pull. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how that happens. I, I So the only reason I think, like, I, I didn't believe this at all. It's like, there's no way this is going to happen. But the whole, there's no TV deal for the Pac 4. And there's no, there wasn't any incentive for a TV deal to occur with the rest of the pack to uh, the pack eight. So what's going on now? If there's no TV deal, the only TV deal that makes the most sense is the American who has the biggest. So if ESPN is pull, pulling the strings, they might say, let's go ahead and do this. Let's suggest we go ahead and do this merger. We'll figure out the logistics later and do some sort of only one West Coast trip or only one East Coast trip and, you know, schedule the, that football. And um, I, I don't know if you men- mentioned it, but Oliver Luck's now getting involved, seeing what he wants to do. But like, yeah. I don't I don't see how you can keep the pack name. They don't have a TV deal. And as of right now, you don't you can't just say, oh, we'll go ahead and put everything together and then we'll make a TV deal because the American teams the, uh, the or the Mountain West teams have buyouts that they don't want to pay if they don't know what the TV deal is. And no one's going to make a TV deal until you get the teams already committed. Then you're going to get what San Diego State happened. So this seems to have legs and seems to make sense. And I don't really know what the other, what the Pac-4 are going to do. And if this is what ESPN pushes you to do, we've seen this round of realignment be pushed by the TV markets. Or sorry, by the by the networks, which is unfortunate. But that's what mm-hmm. seems to make the most sense from a money standpoint. Even though it's With not those- going to be great money. Yeah, with, with those kind of entities being the ones pushing stuff, though, I think that's where it makes the most sense, according to, like I said, the the unhinged element of realignment Twitter. Um, you get you if you have some type of merger, you you would have uh, you know four different time zones to have games, those four different windows for games, which is important. The rumor is Apple would still be involved. They still want a piece because they, they want more live sports. Um, so they'd still like a piece of it. Uh, so there was a rumor of a combination between ESPN and Apple that could get you. And they may even, I saw one that was like tiered. So, you know, the Stanford's and the bigger schools and USF was included in this person's tiering uh, would get like 15 million. And then somebody others would get 12 and then the lower tiers would get 10 a year. And it would kind of be it tiered. The payouts would be tiered. Um I don't know. The the one thing that I don't understand, and and Nick, I'll have you jump in here in a second. The Mountain West, the, the getting out of the exit fees for the Mountain West seem pretty uh, concrete and substantial. So I see a lot of people putting San Diego State and Boise State in this new conference. It doesn't seem like that would be likely, especially not next year. That would seem to be a, if you're going to do that, it's a 2025 thing. Right, like is is that is is that should we automatically disqualify people that put those two in, or is that do you think that's even possible a couple of years down the road? No, that's I mean that's valid because it's four million, it's thirty four million dollars to break out, and I mean maybe a couple of schools in the Mountain West would have would have the cash to do that, but not a lot of those schools. Would. Is it seventeen with a two year notice? Two year and, notice and thirty four with the one year notice, right? So, but that's like it's July first. So you're like you're two, you already missed your it. window. Like you're not you're not getting out until twenty twenty five, twenty twenty six with the one year twenty twenty five. Like you're already past the unless you want to pay more. Show. Yeah, unless you, <laughs> pay you can always pay more to get out. Yeah. Money solves a lot of issues, but I mean, 
Are you? Do you really want to pay forty plus million dollars to get out of the Mountain West to make ten million dollars? That's insane. <laughs> All right, Nick, go ahead. I, I I more. Oh yeah. Um, I'm. I mean, obviously, as like a USF alum, I'm. I am <laughs> intrigued by this like weird Frankenstein pack <laughs> AAC merger. Whatever you're gonna have, so you're gonna have theoretically Oregon State and ECU <laughs> in the same in the same league. They'll probably not like play each other, or it'll be designed where they don't play each other that often. But uh, <laughs> like, you know what? Like, you know what? Screw it. Like. <laughs> We're already off the ra- off the rails in terms of realignment and like these conferences being like mashed and jammed together. So it would it would just be funny and like interesting to see like Wazoo come to Tampa, like to Tampa. Yeah. Um, Get them early. The one thing I find like really fascinating is how Stanford. It's kind of like the head of the table here. Stanford's kind of the point the point man, the point school in these situations. Like, you know, obviously with certain conference like Texas was the head of the table at the Big 12. They were like the big power, you know. When you think about the SEC, like Alabama's kind of that school. You know, the ACC, I guess, like the power kind of still runs through the uh, for North Carolina tobacco road schools. And so it's kind of interesting how you break down the PAC 12 and, you know, these four schools are kind of like in limbo and then everyone turns to Stanford as like the people who are like kind of deciding where all this is going to go. So that that's what I've been finding fascinating about this, even with like these random Twitter users and Twitter posters putting together these different conference like conference alignments and everything like that. I think ultimately at the end of the day, Stanford and Cal, they're kind of still holding out hope that the big 10 will throw them a lifeline. Even if it's at like a severely reduced rate, I think that's like their pie in the sky dream. Like, okay, let's at least reunite with like the four other schools in the pack 12 that are already going to the big 10. So we can at least kind of like, maintain some semblance of like regional robberies and what we had in this new league. So I think that's where they're kind of like crossing their fingers and hoping it happens. Yeah. And, and there seems to be, they have other options if they want them, but they do not include Oregon state and Washington state. So um, it seems like there's one way forward. If they all four want to stay together, um, a couple of things. I, I've, I'm kind of the Stanford being treated like king is really confusing me because we they just we just got told they're not valuable for TV or they would have been taken by the Big Ten, like or you know the Big Twelve would have reached out to them first. I think maybe there's probably some cultural things um, at Stanford that maybe limited that, but it's funny to kind of see them be treated like it's you know ohio state on the open market here it's like it's it's stanford they have some recent history but it's not like they're unbelievable now there are other sports yes but football which seems to be driving everything not quite as much and then the other thing that's odd if you don't get boise state you don't get san diego state okay so now oregon state's gonna have to travel down to texas three times because that's going to be the division. They're going to be those Texas teams. So that it's there seems to be there seems to be something else still missing. Uh, but it would be very funny if uh, they merged 
and they got to keep the <laughs> the P5 moniker and the autonomy, and now USF's just in a P5 conference just like that after winning three games in <laughs> three or four games in three years. So that would be uh, interesting. So, all right, let's get to our game here. Now, we've talked about a lot of teams here, but now we get to kind of set the direction here of the state of college football, or maybe what you think would be funny. We get to hand out eight losses apiece. So we, uh, we knew this in advance. Everybody kind of went through schedules, saw what games, who they wanted to lose. Uh, if you want, you can be general like Steve. He's not here, but he just basically said eight, eight people on USF schedule lose to USF. Okay, perfect. Um, that could be pretty cool, right? So USF automatically gets eight, automatically would have eight wins. That'd be a great year if you're a USF fan. He's a um, homer. He's a homer. I'd imagine. And I'm going to ask you guys at the end here, if you could give USF two wins this year. So think about it at the very end. If you give USF two wins, uh, what two games would you pick? But we'll start with the losses. We're handing out losses. Nick... You said you had a, you had a strategy. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, you didn't tell us too much, but it was an interesting pitch. So we'll have you go first here. How are you distributing your losses? You can go through all eight. You can go through a few at a time. Who are you distributing losses to? Yeah, so when I was thinking about this, I was kind of – because obviously the AP poll just came out today and just kind of going through the top ten and thinking about the college football playoff at the end of the season – I kind of, you know, and how it's always kind of, you know, just chalky with like the same teams, like the same teams involved, like, you know, who's going to go to the play, like, you know, who's going to basically be competing for the playoffs. I kind of wanted to make things very interesting in the month of November. I wanted to create mass, well, not mass chaos, just kind of, yeah, basically just chaos you know, down the stretch with each of these teams being knocked off. So right off the bat, just first of all, you know, just to make things interesting, I'm giving two of my losses to Georgia. So I'm going to have Georgia lose their early season game to South Carolina. You know, they, they slip up at homes, you know, Spencer Rattler runs around and like runs around the field, gets a couple of touchdowns and knocks off the dogs you know, then they fire up the machine. They fire the machine back up. They mow through all of these opponents down the stretch. And then November 18th, they lose to Tennessee. Like they just get completely clipped by Joe Milton. Joe Milton throws for like 1,700 yards. They get clipped. And yeah, you have a two lost Georgia, um, two lost Georgia basically at the end of the season. Kind of staying in the SEC, you have the two other top like the top five schools in Alabama, LSU. I'm having Alabama lose to LSU on November 4th. And in the following week, I'm having LSU lose to Florida on on November 11th. So just right off the bat, those three powers, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, all have losses down the stretch late in the season. Then you flip over to the Big Ten and you have these kind of clusters of you have these clusters of schools that are uh, top contenders like Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, basically the three powers in the East. I'm having them all beat each other. So I'm having so I'm having Ohio State beat Penn State on October 21st. I'm having Penn State 
turning around a couple of weeks later, beating Michigan on November 11th. And then for the game, I'm having Michigan once again beat Ohio State. <laughs> which Turning probably, Ryan Day fired. Which will probably <laughs> get Ryan Day fired straight up. And we're out here firing coaches already, man. It's it's not even September yet. So <laughs> that right there is seven losses. And then I'm looking at USC, who has this so just assuming that USC, everything's rolling with Caleb Williams. He's putting together another Heisman campaign. November 18th against UCLA, you're going down. You packed, you know, in-city rivalry, future Big Ten rivalry. USC trips up, <laughs> trips up, ruins what would have been a perfect season. And, yeah, so all of these teams basically lose within, like, a good three-week span of each other. And it just completely creates chaos heading into uh, conference championship week. How is this going to shape out? Who knows? But that's how I kind of, you know, divvied everything up. I'll jump in with mine next because I, I I have a lot of the same teams. Isn't it? I think every team you mentioned just about I'm I'm in with as well. So um, start off the bat, Georgia. I don't want to three-peat. Like that's, and then I also thought, okay, if we're making this kind of a recruiting thing as well, because they are – I don't know if you guys are paying attention to recruiting, but they might be putting together like the greatest class of all time. So um, trying to ease that stranglehold they have in recruiting – I want Georgia. I have them losing to Auburn, Florida, and Tennessee. I want them losing three rivalry Ooh. games of teams that are somewhat ascendant on the recruiting trail. Uh, try to even that advantage out a little bit. And I think making Georgia's rivals better could – because Auburn and Florida are two of their biggest rivals, and they've been bad recently. So that's kind of helped their ascent a little bit. Uh, then same thing going to the Big Ten. I want. I, I just want – some new, a little bit of new blood in the playoff, maybe. So I, I got Penn State. I want them to hand losses to Michigan and Ohio State. So I want Penn State to kind of be the clear one out of that three. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State, you know, they'll play at the end of the year. I don't have anything on that game. Uh, but I do have another one where it's kind of um, more like I'd like to see a first year head coach make kind of a splash. I have a couple of those. Uh, Nebraska over Michigan. It would be cool to see Nebraska do something. Uh, and beating Michigan would be, I think, a big feather in Matt Rule's cap. And then another first-year head coach. I got Colorado over USC. I think that would be I think that would be fun. Have USC possibly having a national championship year. Colorado come up and beat them early. Uh, give some credence to Coach Prime what they're doing. Also give a loss to a national title contender. That game would be so pointsy. It would. It's like, it would, over it's like and over 70, the over bowl. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a 70 to 65 game right yeah, there. I think Colorado, if you're playing uh, college fantasy football, I think Colorado's offensive guys probably pretty good. Defense, I don't think that's where you want to look. Um, and then my last one. Yeah. I got to give, we got to give lost Alabama, right? You, you don't want them skating through unscathed. So uh, I'm going to Alabama lose to USF. <laughs> I think it'd be, I mean, why not? I, I think it'd be pretty good, uh, pretty good for the uh, start of the Alex Golish era there. And uh, also, would, uh, pretty good. <laughs> and then he nice. gets back to back victories over Nick Saban. Oh my gosh. Oh, that'd be so, the Saban would never hear the end of it. Just think about going to that Tennessee game. What do you have to hear after that? So, um, <laughs> so yeah, those are my eight. Uh, let's go to Vito. Vito. So I, I kind of went what, with what was your strategy here? Would you? 
I, I kind of wanted to go with because like conference play fine, whatever it always shakes out. But I wanted to go with some of those early season matchups, just have like complete surprises coming out of nowhere Ooh. to kind of set the tone. And uh, one of my big ones is I want to start off North Carolina, South Carolina. I want to see South Carolina, not South Carolina lose and Drake may go nuclear. I just want to see all of a sudden this like the hype starts number one pick in the draft. He goes absolutely nuclear. I did not expect him to be in the top 25 and they were. So that kind of changed a little bit. So then they get to wear the Carolina jerseys um, all through it all throughout the year. Um, I also right now, and I, the part of this is like realignment, just I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed at some of it. So I just want like, I want my Oregon state beavers to just complete completely run the table dj uyunglele and yes i learned his name just because specifically for this reason to just absolutely go bonkers on the schedule and i want to hand washington and oregon two losses at the end of the season against the oregon state beavers uh they also do get to play san diego state i think that'll be fun they play san diego and san jose state uh they have a schedule but yeah g- give me a washington and oregon loss to the beeves and have them play in the conference championship so that's one, two, that is three. Um, the next one I wanted to do, uh, m- much like you were saying, except earlier in the season, Nebraska, Colorado is coming back. Super excited for that. And I would absolutely love to see, much like you said, uh, Matt Rule get that, fir- uh, like Matt Rule come up on top and, and, and get that game and get that win, except the opposite. Deion Sanders <laughs> at home gets that big win game two because they play TCU game one. All of a sudden, offense goes going crazy. And Colorado shows shows what they can be. I just like I think that would be really fun as they're um because I don't believe they're at I think they're in Fort Worth for TCU, right? Yes. So yeah, that's yeah. their first home game in the Dion era. I think that would just be a lot of fun. That first home game, whenever it ends up being that they win, they're gonna go nuts. So that's number four. Um n- next we're gonna go into the SEC, and I really want to see Tennessee win this dang thing. I really think their offense is a lot of fun. Joe Milton's arm. I just want him to like, I want him to throw a 99 yard touchdown where he literally throws at 99 yards, like it's something like that. So I want Tennessee to um, go ahead and beat Georgia at home and then also beat Alabama again on a walk-off just back-to-back years. Give me Tennessee, get, uh, uh, getting Georgia and getting Alabama. And um, I do want to see, so that's five, uh, Five and six. And then, yes, give me Michigan beating Ohio State because I definitely want to see what happens with Ohio State message board Twitter um, with Ryan Day, who is what he has like six losses in his career, but because he has two Michigan and Jim Harbaugh just doing the revenge tour for, you know, not a cheeseburger situation. <laughs> and he gets to come back and just can you imagine being ECU like, oh man, we don't, get, we don't have to play Harbaugh. Maybe this will, oh boy, now he's going to come back and live us. And um, I did have another one because I have number eight to go. Um, what did I say? I, I, I kind of went between this, but I think I want to see. Yeah, I want to see Boise State beat Washington in the uh, Chris Peterson Bowl because that's exciting and fun. And I think it'll be I think that's actually one in Seattle. So that'll be a fun game. But I'd love to see Boise State kind of reassert themselves and beat a uh, beat at Washington in the, the Chris Peterson Bowl right there. So uh, that is my eight. Um, I do, I do have an, I do have a couple honorable mentions that I didn't do, and I'll just throw out there. Um, actually, I'll wait till Nate goes because I don't want to go ahead and then like step on picks that he might take. I like that. Uh, I do like that Boise State Washington. That, that would be a fun one, uh, Nathan. 
So, what was uh, your strategy? <laughs> my strategy. So the premise was for, at the at least at the top, funniest thing that could happen, right? Like that's just that's the premise for <clears throat> two two of my games. Eh, Actually, most of them, let's be real. It's just, what's the funniest thing that could happen that would just make me cackle? I don't know if it would make anyone else laugh, but it would make me personally laugh. And half the joke is making yourself laugh, right? That's that's just good comedy right there. So um, starting off September 2nd, uh, USF beating Western Kentucky, um, because much like Kevin Malone from The Office, it's just nice to win one. <laughs> okay. uh, following that up, September 9th, Alabama plays Texas. Okay. The following week, they host, uh, they come to Tampa and face USF. Now, what would be funnier than a pissed off Nick Saban who now has to go up against the guy who beat him last year, the OC that absolutely torched his offense if he's coming off a loss to Texas? I believe it's at home, right? I believe they yes. play Texas at home. So he, Nick Saban is double pissed that he lost to Texas, and now he's got to travel to Tampa to face the guy who beat him last year and put up, what, 56 points on his defense or something like that? Oh, he's going to be furious, but not as mad as when he loses to USF and has <laughs> to play Ole Miss the next week. Just the absolute nuclear explosion of Nick Saban following up a Texas loss at home to a USF loss on the road and then having to play Lane Kiffin the following week. That's, that's what I don't even care. I don't even care if they like beat Ole Miss or like if Ole Miss like beats Alabama. I just think the lead up to that game would be artistic. Like I Twitter and the press conferences would be, it would be, it would be freaking next level. How many? How I many? Would, the, how many of these get thrown up after those first two oh in my the preview? <clears throat> Seth, I would skip Alex Golish's press conference after the Alabama win just to see what would what Nick Saban would do. <laughs> that's how much it would be. That's how funny it would be. Paul um, will be appointment viewing. Oh, oh he's absolutely. lost it, Paul. It's over, Paul. <laughs> the entire week. The entire week would be hilarious. That would be uh, Lane Kiffin oh, would have a field may, day that week. Oh, he, would he might call in. He it. might call in to find ball. <laughs> uh, uh, Joey, Joey, and Joey Freshwater, Joey in Oxford, you're on with <laughs> that. Um, and then another funny one, September 23rd, uh, the University of Florida. Uh, it's a game sandwiched in between Tennessee and Kentucky. They lose the Charlotte. <laughs> oh, man. We're getting, you're, talking about getting people, you're talking about getting people yeah. fired. <laughs> I think that'd just be hilarious. I, I mean, Biff Pogey really getting, getting the thing going. Uh, yeah, getting the thing going in Charlotte. Uh, just sandwiched right in between Tennessee and Kentucky. Florida just crap in the bed and losing to Charlotte. That that would warm my heart a little bit. Uh, and then the following week, um, this is just a more personal vendetta more than anything is Rutgers losing to Wagner. Um, just <laughs> because just I was like looking through the Rutgers schedule. I was like, they don't really need help losing to any of these teams. So I'm going to give them the one loss for sure. They're probably banking on the, or the one win that they're banking on taking it away. So completely gone. You're done. I'm sorry, Butkers. Uh, following that up, 
with uh, Central Florida losing to Kansas because that's always funny. Um, then let's see, I've got what two more. Uh, then Central Florida facing the other most annoying fan base in the Big Twelve, but they actually lose to the middle school in Lubbock, Texas Tech, November eighteenth. Mm. Um, that that would be fun. And then on the same day, uh, Liberty losing to UMass because well, it's Liberty. Poor Jamie Chadwell. <laughs> and that's my eight. Poor Jamie Chadwell. All right, here we go around the table. If you could give USF any two wins this year, what games are you giving them? So I'll, I'll go first. Um, it's it's Western Kentucky um, because I think the USF fans need to realize that Western more than likely Western Kentucky is about to throw for about 600 yards on them. And they're like, before they even blink, they're not going to know what hit them. It'd be really cool to see like this early proof of concept with a revamped defense under Todd Orlando. I don't think it happens, but it'd be a really fun win. And I'm not even going to play around like they're not beating Alabama. Um, the, The next one is, you gotta freaking beat FAU. You cannot, 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 capital can, capital not lose to Florida Atlantic. Can't do it. Those are the two, like for sure, you've gotta win games. Right behind them is the Yukon game. Like it's like that's it. You can't you cannot lose to Florida Atlantic. Nick, do you have two? I think for if you're like for your Twitter account, you probably want, or your X account, I'm sorry. You, you, you probably want to pencil in that FAU, that FAU win, right? That's, there seems to be a lot of uh, Twitter chicanery going on there with that fan base. But Nick, what are your two? Um, yeah, I agree with the Western Kentucky pick. Like just right, like that would be really impressive. Just right out the gate, you get, you get basically a big win against a team that's favored to win conference USA this year. Like Western Kentucky is really good. So you want to make a statement like right out the gate that like, Hey, things are actually different, <laughs> different here. You like, you go in, you beat, you beat them with that quarterback. Um, my second one is going to be UTSA at the end of the year. I think that would also be equally impressive because we assume that by that point, UTSA should be rolling. They should be well on their way to playing in the AAC championship game. So if you can go into the Alamo Dome um, later on in the season, especially if at that point you're hopefully uh, – trying to scrap your way to bowl eligibility. If you can like be able to go into the Alamo dome, I think it's all on Friday night too. So be on like ESPN two or whatever national television and yeah, getting that win again, sending a message. That'd be really huge. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm kind of a com- combination. I think FAU would be good. Just not just because of Twitter, but also it's homecoming. I think you want one big win at home. I think that'd feel pretty good. You don't want another in-state school coming in and beating you year one. And then UTSA would be my other one just because quality team on the road, it'd be a big sign. Vito, what are your two? And then we'll get out of here. You pretty much kind of hit all of them. Um, the big one for me, and I'll, I'll just play devil's advocate here. Uh, I got to go UConn. You got an eight-game winning streak against them, and they left the conference, so you stopped playing them. Um, I just think you have to keep that winning streak. 
And I mean, UConn's an independent. They look a little better. They have some, um, I can't believe it, have some life under Jim Moore Jr. It would just be great to just keep that USF beats UConn um, mentality going. Um, I really like that Western Kentucky one. Um, but I'll, I'll go ahead and say, I think it would be great to beat Memphis. Um, going going into Memphis and beating Memphis, just a, a program that uh, USF has had some banger games against. It'd be really nice to be able to go into um, an away, uh, go, go on the road and beat a team that's a holdover from the old AAC and just kind of uh, get that going. And I mean, the Western Kentucky that was that was my choice, but everyone chose it, so I just did Memphis a little different. But Western Kentucky winning game wouldn't be great because then you get that FBS win out of the way. That's the most impressive win of the last three years, essentially, and then you don't have to worry about. Uh, it's like th- then everybody starts feeling more confident about where the program's going with everything else going on. If then all of a sudden it's like adding rocket fuel to the program. So, uh, uh you know, well, I don't expect it because Western Kentucky's offense is going to be amazing, but, um, there'll be a really good push in the whole U.S. Like would absolutely love that. Yeah, Are we sure nice. Ryan Silverfield is going to be the head coach on November 4th at Memphis? I just feel like you don't really like the AC is not firing coaches that early unless there's a scandal. <laughs> if if Golish goes and beats, that might be the. I mean, pen. Jeff Jeff got fired. Jeff Scott got fired like November third. That's the only yeah. Thing. So like I I feel like that could be that game. Uh, but yeah, well, kind they, of that same. They've got they've got they've got a tough, they've got a tough. I, I was their first two. I was like, okay, so they open with Bethune and then at Arkansas State. Then they go Navy, Missouri, Boise State, Tulane. Ooh, Boise State. That's wow. tough. That's a tough. That's a tough little stretch right there. Boise State's at home. Yeah. Tulane's at home. Missouri's in St. Louis. Hmm. And then you got. Well, that'll be interesting. UAB. They're then they're on the road for UAB and North Texas before uh, back home. So. Yeah, no, that's a tough. That's a tough stretch right there. But all right, so we 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 hit the AP top twenty-five. We hit the pack possibilities, and and maybe back to the Big Ten. There's all kinds of stuff there, and then we found out who we want to lose. So um, excellent show again tonight, boys. We'll be back next week, uh, and we'll be getting pretty close to some games being played. So uh, next we'll week start we gearing up real some football. Pre- yeah that'll be fun so boys thank you very much like and subscribe help us game the youtube algorithm with comments thank you